So many times we as individuals are quick to put ourselves down. What do I have to offer the Lord? You know, I'm not a public speaker. I'm not a Bible scholar. I don't have a voice like those that sit in the choir. We're so quick to put ourselves down. Yes, Cheyenne, you have a very pretty voice. We're so quick to put ourselves down. And, you know, we need individuals in every capacity. So if you choose to come and join a class and come and worship and you do not seek any other responsibility, we love you. We love you. But this morning, I'd like for you to reach outside of your comfort zone. Nita did that today because she didn't even want to come up here and make that presentation. So sometimes we, we force ourselves to do that. We don't enjoy it, we don't like it, but we end up doing it. We're not so different than the individuals in the Bible. Let me give you an illustration of what I mean. First of all, in the Old Testament, Joseph, thanks to his brothers, he was a slave. Moses left Egypt running and hiding after committing murder, and he spent the next 40 years as a shepherd. Gideon, he was a farmer. David, a shepherd. Turning over to the New Testament, we see that Matthew was a tax collector. Obviously, not a real popular guy. Not a real popular guy. And when he started following Jesus, there were still a lot of folks that could not trust him because of his background. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in a situation where you, you were judged by something you had done in your past and you were trying to overcome it? Well, if you've had that experience, then you understand Matthew's plight. Luke, a very smart man, he was a Greek physician and also a Pharisee. Peter, he was a, he was a fisherman. So these individuals do not come from what you would think blue bloods, as we talk, call them uh, in the United States. It's not at those that are going to Harvard and Yale and the Ivy League school. These are individuals like you and me that are called by God. And see, when He calls us, then anything can be possible. If we will surrender and follow Him, Anything can be possible. We have several students here today and so thankful. Last week when we had the, the young people up here for the Bible study, then we had, I don't know, maybe 10, 12, 15 kids up here. What a great sight to see all these young people in the house of the Lord studying and growing in the Word.
parents, grandparents, encouraging them to study and to grow in their knowledge of Jesus Christ and our Lord, our Savior, through the Bible studies that they have in Sunday school and also here. We're blessed to have so many young ones, so many, and we never know. You don't know, I don't know where these individuals are going. I've shared with you, it took me 40 years to get here, kind of like Moses, wandering around in the wilderness, 40 years before I said, okay, Lord, I got it. You finally hit me in the head hard enough, I finally understand. But I'm sure I'm not the only one that has tried to run, tried to hide, and yet you are the exact people that God wants for His ministry. People that love Him. People that know Him. Individuals that can speak with enthusiasm about your Lord. We see enthusiasm about football games, football teams, don't we? <laughs> but I'm not going to say anything about TCU. Uh, but we get excited about it. We need to have that same kind of enthusiasm for Jesus Christ, for what He has done, that blood, that blood stain that has been for you and for me. I like this saying only because it really makes me uncomfortable. But I like it. I was the cause of those nails that were driven into the hands, feet of Jesus Christ and the sword that pierced his side. For Wayne Hollinshed's sins were responsible for that. And when we personalize it, it's not comfortable. At least it wasn't for me. It wasn't comfortable at all when I first heard that and I realized Wayne Hollinshed, my sins, are responsible for that because he's died for everyone. We cannot run from it. We cannot hide from it. The fact is that Jesus Christ died for us and like the songs, we celebrate that the blood of Christ has washed away our sins. In the book of Judges, we have excuse me, we have Gideon that is called by the Lord. Gideon says, Pardon me, Lord, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest, and I am the least in my family. And the Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. You will strike them all. And this guy was a farmer, and God called him. And he considers himself the very least in the tribe. But God calls people like you and me to carry the word in some form or fashion. 
No, we may not be the head of armies, but who knows, we might be ahead of a movement that is for Jesus Christ and for this community. We never know. They start somewhere. And there could be a time that it started right here with one of you. In Exodus, the third chapter, in the 11th verse, we have where Moses is called. God said, I will be with you to Moses. You remember the burning bush? Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He and Gideon, they had their excuses. They argued with God. God calls each of us based on what He knows is our skill. He calls on us because He knows we have something unique to offer for Him. Our responsibility is to be ever aware of His presence. That we will be in a relationship with God. Maybe it's during our quiet time in the morning. No phones, no telephones, no interruptions. 15 minutes with no one but the God. With the God of love. Every day. Sitting and meditating. And listening. It's amazing what can happen in 15 minutes when we surrender to God. In the New Testament... We know that Peter, a fisherman, was thrown into jail. He and John were. And while he was in jail for witnessing for Jesus Christ, then the doors of the prison were thrown open. And they were able to walk because God wanted them out. Because God did. The Romans wanted them in prison. The Hebrews wanted them in prison. But God wanted them to be able to proclaim the Word of God and so the doors came open. And the next day, when the leaders were looking for them, where are they? And They said, they're out preaching again. They weren't even intimidated. The next day, they were on the steps and they were preaching again. And again, please remember, these are just laymen, laywomen that have got the courage to speak up for, for God. And if He has blessed that ministry, there's nothing's going to stop it. We are just to be His spokesperson. We're to be His hands. We're to be His feet. So that individuals will hear about Jesus Christ. You have friends that would listen to you before anyone else. They have such respect for you that you could share the word of Jesus Christ and let them know of the salvation that could be theirs. You may be the very person that makes it possible for them to have salvation for eternity. You, with the people you know, the people you love, People that respect you. 
You can be that. Just like Moses, Gideon in the Old Testament, Peter, John. We know also Paul was thrown into prison many times. And look at the books he wrote while he was in there. He that was a persecutor of all Christians. God used him. His knowledge and his energy, he could not be denied even with the threat of death. And it was that. Some individuals might think the Old Testament is over 2,000 years old. What does that have to do with me? And right here, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir. Because you're here. You're here to hear His Word and the message He puts on your heart. So I feel like I'm talking to the choir right now. There was a lady in October of... 99. She was up in the mountains of New Mexico her, with her parents. They were looking for a second home in the mountains of Farmington. And she had three children that were in the car. They thought the car was secure in the brakes and in the lever on part. They're out, the, the ladies' parents, the three of them are looking at this house, and then they see this car rolling down into a ravine. Put yourself in that position. You turn around and see the car with your three children going down a steep ravine. What do you, what do you do? You panic. This young lady sprinted to the front of the car and was pushing on it with everything she had, trying to hold this, this car away from the cliffs. Everything she had, we know that people at some time have superhuman strength, and she was calling on that. And as she got in front of that car pushing on it, her dad went to the passenger side, threw the door open, was able to throw the the car in the park and stopped it from going over. But she went down underneath the car. Broke her spine and many broken bones. She had to have many surgeries. Questionable whether she'd even live. But wouldn't you and I, wouldn't we do the same thing for our children? And we know he will. Because he's already died for us. But this young lady, spending weeks in the hospital, some of you know what that is like. Her mother was with her night and day, as often as she could be. But one day she stepped out to make some calls. And that's common, so they call the family and say, okay, today she's doing a little bit better and bring them up today. But the mother stepped out of the room. 
After she left the room, a guy came in with a white jacket. He walked over and picked up the report. The gentleman had long gray hair, pulled back like in a ponytail, and she had never seen him before. Matter of fact, she had requested that there be nothing but female nurses attending her. It wasn't her doctor. He's dressed like a doctor. He goes over, picks up the chart, and she said, I had this feeling that he really wasn't reading it because he was kind of flipping through it. And then he tells her, you're going to be all right. And a peace came over her, her body. More so than her parents, her doctors that she knew. She said there was a peace. And she realized from what this man, a stranger, said to her, what he said, there was a peace. When her mother came back, her daughter told her about this man. She immediately went out and tried to find him. She asked the nurses, the people that were on call. Nobody had seen this guy. You would think if someone, gray head with ponytail and a surgeon's jacket on, somebody would notice him. Nobody. Nobody ever saw that man. She did. See, these miracles are not just in the New Testament and the Old Testament. They're as real as you and I are today. As real today. We could write our own stories. We could add books in there that miracles have taken place. When I've asked you individuals to raise your hand, if you've seen a miracle, at least 70% of you have said yes without hesitating. And there was a 73-year-old minister from Kwana. The, the air ambulance had been called. The doctor did not think he would live long enough for the helicopter to get there, but he did. He was loaded on to the uh, air ambulance, the doctors thinking he'll never make it to Lubbock. While he was in the hospital, he had a couple of experience with his body just floating. No weight, no nothing, just awesome, awesome feeling. No weight whatsoever. And on the second one, there was a person that walked around behind him, but he couldn't see because he was in an induced coma. All he could do was sense what was going on, but he was in a coma. He sensed somebody was in there and that it was a doctor. And he walked around behind him. He stayed for just a little bit. The patient said, am I going to die? 
But you see, the patient had a ventilator down his throat and couldn't talk at all. But he knows, he asked, this person, am I going to die? And this special person or angel, I believe an angel, said, no, we've turned it around and you're going to be okay. Then he walked out. When the patient was able to come out of the coma, he asked Donna about this situation. And if she wasn't in the room at all times, she was sitting outside the room. And there was no such person. No such person to enter that room. No such person to have that conversation with. And yet it happened. And today he stands in front of you. See, God didn't give up on us. Yes, the word was printed over 2,000 years ago. But it's as real today as it was then. And God is calling each of us to be his minister. Not everyone's going to be in the pulpit. Not everyone's going to sing in the choir. Not everyone's going to teach a class. But there is something you can do. For God has blessed you. And that blessing may be just what someone needs to turn their life around. Maybe just what they need to change their life and eternity in heaven. You may be the gift that God has sent. We all need that gift. And you, very well, can present it. Because of your faith and your love for Jesus Christ.